0: I think it is fair to say that the Holy Spirit is the most misunderstood person, uh, most misunderstood topic, or perhaps the most misunderstood like, discussion, even among Christian circle. Uh, here are some of the commonly thoughts on the Holy Spirit. Let me know if you have heard this before. Right? The Holy Spirit, he, he is an impersonal force, as in, you guys watch Star Wars, like the force? Like, may the force be with you. Maybe some people may think the Holy Spirit is that, an impersonal force. Or the Holy Spirit is merely the power of God operating in today, uh, the world that we live in. Or he is someone to be feared. Because as you can see in, in the King James Version, it, uh, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Holy Ghost. And when you put a ghost next to somebody's name, that's kind of scary, right? It's something that you, you kind of, you fear the Holy Ghost. Oh, he is an unknown God. These are all, or oh, these are some of the very incorrect, incorrect descriptions, incorrect understanding or incorrect thoughts on the Holy Spirit. So let's try for this morning, uh, very, brief, very briefly, and I recognize this is a very, very broad topic. So I'm going to try to briefly look at scriptures and get to know the real, who is the real Holy Spirit and have a correct understanding of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Firstly, as you may already know, he has been around since the very beginning. We see that right away in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. In the beginning, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Uh, So he's not just a new discovery that we see in the New Testament time. We could see that he spoke to the people of God. Uh, In in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit spoke to Abraham to go from your land, he spoke to Moses. As a burning bush and he was known to people he was known to people the holy spirit especially david david who was known as the man after god's own heart right david said this in psalms 51 verse 11 do not cast me from your presence or take your holy spirit from me david knew about the holy spirit the holy spirit has always been there uh, in the New Testament, we, we see many, many examples of that. I just want to briefly say in Luke 1, right, the Holy Spirit spoke to Zechariah and Elizabeth, John's father and John's mother. Uh, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Uh, Holy Spirit is a he as addressed such by Jesus. Alright, I just want to make sure I say that, right? He's a he. Uh, in this nowadays, pronouns is such an important thing. The Holy Spirit is a he, and he resembles a person, and because he's a person, he has personality. And character traits so one of the he is one of the three godheads right he is just as much a separate god as is jesus and as is the father and because he is a person we need maybe we want or we must get to know him so we can describe him to other people just the same as how we would describe jesus to other people right how we would describe our heavenly father to other people. We must get to know the Holy Spirit so we can describe to other people about the Holy Spirit. Um, So, And also, that is an opportunity for us to share the gospel also. Uh, An example is to describe the Holy Spirit. Um, I I think we all know this. If if I know someone and they wanted to know, well, tell me about Ryan, right? I can say, "Uh, Ryan, he's a very thoughtful guy. He's a very nice guy. He's very smart. Like Those are some of the descriptions in terms like Adam is a very thoughtful, very compassionate and kind person. So that's uh, some of the description. and we want to know about the Holy Spirit so we can describe him to other people. Uh, in order to describe someone, um, we must have an idea of that person. And these uh, descriptions that I just said are given because we know more about the Holy Spirit to help others know about the Holy Spirit when they encounter him. The Holy Spirit is how um, Jesus is revealed to us. And we need to help people recognize and understand the Holy Spirit. So when they come into the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is being revealed. We can help them recognize it and help point them to Jesus. So let's get going on some of the descriptions. Um, As I said, if you can take away one thing from this morning, we must take time to get to know the Holy Spirit. We must take time to get to know the Holy Spirit. And, and as we talk more about the Holy Spirit, you will see why I said that. Uh, so we must get to know the Holy Spirit because if we want to bring glory to Jesus, the Holy Spirit helps us bring glory to Jesus, right? John 16, verse 14. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So he is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a ghost or a mysterious force that is surrounding us, just like the Jedi, right? I love Star Wars, but he is not the force. Holy Spirit is a gentle, as in a gentleman, because he's gentle. He's a gentleman. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 22, describes the traits of a gentleman as it applies to the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Uh, the Holy Spirit is also described as a dove landing on Jesus in uh, Luke chapter 1. Because a dove is a very sensitive creature, which I think we know that. I hope we know that. Uh, in, 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 and also in Matthew three sixteen, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At the moment, at the moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, he can be offended. He does get offended. He can get offended. Uh, We see that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Grieve, this grieve means uh, don't cause sadness. Don't cause uh, offense or make sorrowful or cause grief of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Holy Spirit, he is very wise because Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as a counselor. A counselor who is wise, who counsels and guides us. Uh, He is uh, very loyal because as in, he is also referred to as an advocate. An advocate is someone who fights for us, who's advocate for us, who's fighting for us. And he is also loving because he is referred to as a comforter. He comforts us in times of suffering where uh, we've gone through a suffering or a season of loss, he comes and comforts us. right? Whom will bring us rest and peace? This is a little bit man- a little different than uh, using an example of a supernatural rest versus a manufactured rest. It's if if we work for a long time to save up money to go on vacation to get rest, which I do want to emphasize, we all need to go on vacations. My wife tells me that all the time, and that is true. Uh, we, so that's manufactured rest, right? We try to work hard to find the time and the money to go on vacation. But a supernatural rest is the rest that will come in all situations, regardless of the chaos that we have around us, regardless of the busyness. That is a supernatural rest, and that is what the Holy Spirit brings, the comforter brings. So let's also take note that the Holy Spirit is a much, much bigger deal than we may realize. Just because the Holy Spirit is gentle and kind and considerate and humble and loving doesn't mean he's not a big deal. The Holy Spirit is a really, really big deal. Maybe it's point number two. Remember that for today. He is a really, really big deal. Firstly, he's one of the three Godhead. I think that's enough. That should explain and hopefully that should make it as a big deal. He is a much bigger deal than most of us think or realize or understand. And actually, these two verses have always challenged me in terms of how big of a deal the Holy Spirit is. Matthew 12, verse 31 and 32. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven. But blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. He's a big deal. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. Can you imagine that? If you speak a word of, 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 uh, say anything negative against Jesus, you can still be forgiven. But go to the next verse. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. So the Holy Spirit is a really big deal, and it's very important for us to get to know. So we must take the time to get to know him because he's a gentleman also. He will not force himself upon us. As in, for example, if we don't want to do something, he, may come, he will come and convict us, but he will not force us to do anything. It's up to us that have to actually recognize and see the way and what we need to do. I want to briefly touch on how we can recognize when the Holy Spirit Spirit, because he is a person when the Holy Spirit is near or working among us. Uh, uh, This is a very simplified explanation just to uh, help with everyone. And I I do recognize that this is a very broad topic, and the Holy Spirit will work among us and in us in many different ways. But I'm just trying to give a very simplified uh, explanation or or a description to help us recognize more of of the Holy Spirit when he's with us. so, where am I? Okay, recognizing the, Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. So there's a difference between ex- experience and emotion, experiential and emotional. And when we experience God, that means the Holy Spirit is working in us and is among us and is with us. Emotion is something different. When someone is emotional, It doesn't mean that God is with us. So I'm going to say the difference uh, here is when we experience God's love through the Holy Spirit, it's from Romans 5.5, right? And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So when we experience God's love, it's not the same thing as having an emotional, an an emotion of God's love. So we experience God's presence, which helps us to tune our hearts tune our minds, tune our bodies, and tune our ears to him, and shape our lives for him. Uh, uh, The definition for experience, experiential, is a direct observation of or direct participation in events or gained knowledge through direct observations of or participation. So it's a personal encounter. I think we have undergone something personally. We have personally lived through something. That's an ex- experiential. Uh, whereas an example is we, we're trying to solve a problem and, or in a situation where you're stuck. You guys, I, th- I think we all have done some writing assignments, right? If you have a writer's block, you just don't know what to do, and suddenly you get a, a revelation. And then suddenly all the ideas start pouring out. That is an experience, experiential. Uh, to, and then suddenly we're able to solve problems. Or in a situation where we, we're in a tough situation, a difficult situation, a very challenging situation, and suddenly you don't know what to do, and then um, the, the term that people like to use is like a light bulb just goes off. That is the Holy Spirit breaking in and speaking to us and revealing things to us. Whereas emotional is a conscious mental reaction. I right? in anger, anxiety, excitement, fear, uh, conscious mental reaction, subjective response to a person, to a thing, or to a situation. An example is, is uh, I think it happens to pretty much all of us, right? Someone say an insensitive thing to you, cause you to feel hurt or offended or angry or frustrated, or maybe someone compliment you to make you feel good. That is an emotion. But when we experience the presence of God, we know that was not an emotion. Something that just touched us given us a revelation. So the reason why it is very difficult to explain to others about our personal experience, our personal encounter with God, because it is a personal encounter, right? You can't explain that to someone. Others will not be able to understand it until they have their own personal encounter with God for themselves. That's when they will recognize God is among us. So there are many different ways where the Holy Spirit works in us and among us, this is just a very simplified explanation to help us recognize when the Holy Spirit is among us. And He comes, the Holy Spirit comes to reveal Jesus to us, to reveal God to us. So the more that we can be in tune with the Holy Spirit and recognize when He is among us or trying to lead us, the better we can invite Him into our lives, the better that we can recognize oh i should be doing this instead of that the better we can actually have a revelation of what to say to someone the better we can have a revelation of what to pray for someone the better that we can make a decision in term of a life decision in term of man these things look really good but i just don't feel like this is where i should be or where i should go god is leading me to go somewhere else it is necessary to recognize it and to be in tune and, and know who the Holy Spirit is because it is for our own good. As followers of Jesus Christ, it is for our own good to have the Holy Spirit involved in every aspect of our lives. Every aspect of our life. Why do I say that? Because Jesus actually said, it is good for you to have the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 7. The very truly I tell you, it is good for It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. Uh, We must get to know him because the Holy Spirit is good for us. He is good for us and it's good for us to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Otherwise, we're going to try to do things on our own and thinking that we're so good or try to do something and eventually we're going to get sick of it. We're going to get tired versus... Allow the Holy Spirit to lead us so we can have an endurance to pursue and go after the things that God has called us to do, to overcome challenges, to be refreshed, to be encouraged, to have the revelation, to make the right decision, and do all the things that God has called us to do so we can step into the fullness of God has. Um, Just a few verses for, for us to recognize. John 14, verse 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I take comfort in this, in this verse right here in terms of I have not memorized the whole Bible, which I admire the people who have memorized the whole Bible, but because of the Holy Spirit, I trust that He will point me to the verses that will help lead me. Point me to the verses where I will recognize and use that to help others. So the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So he will enlighten us with scriptures to recognize this is more than just a book. Verses come to life and help us. And then also to point people to Jesus. Remind us of scripture so for certain situations we can apply that practically. Another verse that will help us to point people to Jesus is John 15, verse 26. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. The Holy Spirit reveals to us more of Jesus. He points people to Jesus. Help us to see and believe that Jesus is God. So the Holy Spirit is there to point people to Jesus. Help us point people to Jesus. Help us to point people to Jesus so then they will know that it is God. They will believe in God so they can have a personal encounter with God. Uh, John 16, verse 8 through 11, when he comes, he will prove to the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and about judgment. Because the prince of this world now stands condemned. right? He will convict us. He will convict us to hopefully let us and lead us into where we need to go. In John 16 verse 14, we must get to know the Holy Spirit because he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So if we don't get to know the Holy Spirit, we're missing out on what Jesus wants us to know. So that's why it's important for us to get to know more of the Holy Spirit. Because it's from Jesus, we'll tell the Holy Spirit to tell us what we need to know. And we need the Holy Spirit if we want to glorify Jesus. That is our desire. That is our passion. That is what we want to do here at Restorations. So we cannot glorify Jesus if, if we don't include the Holy Spirit, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, and to speak to us, and speak in us, and stretch us, stretch us outside of our capacity, stretch us to do the things that we normally don't do. You know, I, I think you guys, if you have been here, you know that I love worship and I love singing. The things that really stretch us is how do we worship? our Lord Jesus, if we trust and let the Holy Spirit come inside of us and work in us, you cannot help yourself but want to worship Jesus. You cannot help yourself but want to raise your hand up, raise your arms up, lift up the name of Jesus, sing out loud, even though you can't sing. If you guys have heard me sing, I apologize, but I actually don't care because I am singing to Jesus. And that's where we must allow the Holy Spirit to come and guide us. Because we cannot glorify Jesus without the Holy Spirit. I think that's pretty clear, right? These verses are pretty clear. So, get to know the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to work within us. Because through the Holy Spirit, we can experience God's power. We can experience His nearness anytime, anywhere, in any places. I would start bringing, uh, I, I want to bring this sermon back into land by saying that we need the Holy Spirit to bring glory to Jesus. Hopefully, you get that by now. Right? We must rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us, to empower us, to strengthen us, to comfort us, to encourage us, to refresh us, to carry out the God-given vision that He's given to restoration, and to each of us individually. And our vision is to glorify Jesus everywhere. And if we try to do anything on our own, it becomes a religion. It becomes a sense of self-righteousness. It's like, I am doing all these things so then people should look up to me. People should exalt me. But if we trust and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us, then Jesus will be lifted up. Mm -hmm. Instead of seeing us, they will see Jesus and follow him and trust in him. So we must, must get to know the Holy Spirit and allow him to work in us and through us. And we cannot do that in terms of glorifying Jesus because that is our vision, both personally and corporately, if we don't know him or allow him to work in us and, and transform us. If I, if I may challenge everybody and ask this question, have we been transformed from who we were a year ago, three years ago, five years ago? Is our passion for Jesus more now than it did six months ago? If the answer is yes, it's because we have allowed the Holy Spirit to work in us and lead us and guide us because if we, when we, not if. When we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, we cannot help it but just be more passionate for Jesus. We cannot help but to have a clear understanding of what Jesus called us to do. We cannot help it but just to know what we're supposed to, do, to be, where we're supposed to go, and who we're supposed to be. And we cannot help it but just be transformed, right? Transformed meaning it's someone different. If we're the same, if, if the people we haven't seen uh, a year or three years ago would come and see us, and say, like, yeah, you're the same. Maybe that means we haven't been transformed. I trust that if the people that I haven't talked to a year or three years ago could say, Hugh, you are so much more passionate for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or Vanessa, you're so much more passionate for Jesus. Marie, you're just even though you're 80, I'm sorry, even though you're like 20-something yeah. years old, you're so much more passionate for Jesus now that you were 50 years ago, 20 years before you were born. Um, That is how we know that we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us, allow him to uh, strengthen us and lead us and guide us to do the things that typically a person would not be able to do. Another statement that really challenged me was, I read this, We are at no disadvantage whatsoever in our experience of Jesus compared to the early disciples. Let that sink in. We are at no disadvantage in our experience of Jesus compared to the early disciples. Those who have walked with Him, lived with Him, seen Him, heard Him, we are at no disadvantage through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. So that's why the Holy Spirit is a big deal. Because we need to get to know Him. So, to refuse to deal with the Holy Spirit is to refuse to deal with Jesus. That's a big statement. But it's true. Because they are one. If we don't deal with the Holy Spirit, we're not dealing with Jesus. And to shy away from the Holy Spirit is to shy away from Jesus. So if we press in and wanted to know more of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is telling the Holy Spirit what we need to know. So it's almost like, like a, we all have a phone, right? We have, always have a mobile phone. If we need to look up like how to get home, think of it like that, how to get home. This is a bad example. I just came up with this at the top of my head. The Holy Spirit is like Google Maps or Apple Maps. It tells us where to go. It tells us where to go. And if we don't use that map, we are wandering around, and eventually, maybe we, maybe we will get to where we need to go. But that's going to take a long, long time. But chances are, we will never get to where we need to get to. So get to know the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that he's more important than Jesus. Never. But we must get to know the Holy Spirit. And our desire at Restoration is to always want more of Jesus. We will always want more of Jesus, and I will never apologize for that. We will always want more of Jesus. So if, which I hope that no one hears, if you are uncomfortable with our worship of how passionate we are for Jesus, get passionate with us. Let's know why we love Jesus. That is, get to know more of the Holy Spirit. And we always want more of the Holy Spirit because we want to know more of Jesus. To know Jesus more, to feel His presence, to be a more effective witness for Jesus. To be more effective witness for Jesus, we must know the Holy Spirit. And those those things only happen through the work of the Holy Spirit. So I want to bring this morning to a close by providing uh, two practical applications for us to to use, to apply this in our day-to-day activities. Number one is take time to get to know more of the Holy Spirit. Some of the things we can do is spend time in prayer. Um, asking for the Holy Spirit to reveal more of himself, more of Jesus to us so we can experience more of God's goodness. We talked about prayer last week. So spend more time in prayer. Spend more time uh, tuning our ears to, to God, hearing the things that God is speak to, or speaking to us throughout the day, throughout the situation that we Because God will speak to us at any time, anywhere. So pay attention to that. A verse that always helped me is James 4, 7. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. When we press in with God, he will reveal himself. He will tell us more of who he is. Always, absolutely. That's the truth, the absolute truth. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So as we spend a lot of time drawing near to God in prayer, seeking him out, listening to him. So the things that we experience, the things that we hear, that is from God. Trust in that. And secondly is uh, hopefully it's a result of the first thing is be a participant, not an observer. Because to experience God, you gotta get in there, right? Personal encounter is you gotta experience God. So be a participant. I think if the Holy Spirit tells us or lead us to do something, go and do it. If we're just stepping back, that's an observer, right? It's like, well, yeah, I kind of hear that, but let someone else do it. No, God is telling me to do these things. Oh, God's telling me to say these things. Be an active participant. Go outside of our comfort zone. I am a sad, maybe not sad is the right word. I, um, I've learned that God will always cause us to do something a little bit uncomfortable, to step outside of our comfort zone. It's because he's trying to stretch us, to grow us, to help us trust in him more, to help us know more of who he is. It's almost like parenting, like for those who have parents. Like your kids, you're not going to want to do anything, except for you two. You guys will do everything. Kids in general is going to want to watch TV, play video games, and just sit like around all day, every day. They don't like it when we tell them, hey, it's time to get up, go outside. It's the same thing as what God's trying to tell us, right? The Holy Spirit is trying to tell us, hey, stretch yourself because it is good for you to grow. So a way is to stretch, step outside of our comfort zone. And do the things that it may seem impractical, may seem like, well, that's not just me. No, when God is calling you, he has a plan for you, for us. So follow him and trust him. And stretch ourselves. I, I, I use worship as an example a lot. It's stretch ourselves. If you're not used to just actually singing out loud, try singing out loud for a little bit. Because that's kind of like praying, right? Singing out loud, repeating after the lyrics, praising, exalting Jesus. And I can promise you every song that we, that we sing on the stage will always be about Jesus. So when you see the lyrics, if you just sing out loud and sing out to Jesus, it's how we're praising Him, how we are worshiping Him, how we're acknowledging Jesus and lifting Him up. Even if you don't have a good voice, even if you can't follow music, the beat, and you feel bad, come stand next to me. You will feel better. You will feel better if you stand next to me and you sing out loud and you hear me sing. So. It's a way to stretch out self, to actually recognize, Jesus, you are above my discomfort. You are above my insecurity. You are above what I think I can do. So, okay, enough of that. That's another topic. Worship is another topic. I don't want to get into that. I want to end with this verse for this morning. To, I trust that it will encourage us. Is David knew God so well that he said this, Psalm 51. Do not cast me from your presence, or take your Holy Spirit from me. I know Psalm 51 is when he was naughty, and he wrote this psalm. (laughs) He was very naughty. Um, But he recognized, God, do not take your presence from me. Because he recognized that without the Holy Spirit, without God's presence, what is the point? It's just dry, legalistic religion. That's why we must encounter and seek after and always wanna know the life of God in the service, in our time with him. So, um, why don't we stand? I'm gonna pray for us. Just stand, stretch your legs for a little bit. These chairs are comfortable, but I know they're not that comfortable. So, um, I'm gonna pray for us for this morning. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for you, God. We're so thankful for this morning that we can gather together as your people, that we can lift you up, lift up your name, Jesus, you and you alone. It's not about our gifting. It's not about uh, the the church. It's not about any person, but it it is about you, Jesus. And I just want to thank you, the Holy Spirit, that you are here, that you are among us. You're always among us. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will reveal more of who you are to each and every one of us. To each person here. Just reveal more of who you are. Just give us a greater revelation of you, Lord Jesus. A greater understanding of you, Holy Spirit. Because our heart and our desire and our passion is to bring glory to you, Jesus. To lift up your name. To help point people to you, Jesus. So we need you, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you. We honor you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. And we pray to all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, Thank you, you guys. And I know um, the Holy Spirit is a broad topic. So we're trying to split this up into three different weeks. So next week, we're going to talk about uh, what does he do? And uh, the week after that, we'll, we will talk about how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? So uh, come and join us. And uh, if you guys have any questions or uh, if you want prayer for anything, Vanessa and I will be up here. We'll be available to pray for, for anyone, for anything. But other than that, I trust you guys have a, have a good week, have a great week, and get to know more of the Holy Spirit so we can be better, effective witness for Jesus And that is how we can bring glory to Jesus. So, um, amen. Amen. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.